mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Morning America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Dolan Perkins Valdez is the author of Take My Hand. 
She is the New York Times bestselling author of Wench and Balm and was a finalist for two NAACP Image Awards and the Hurston Wright Legacy Award for Fiction. She was awarded the first novelist award by the Black Caucus of the ALA. Welcome, Dolan. Thank you so much for coming on, Moms. Don't have time to read books to discuss Take My Hand, a novel. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> my pleasure. Um, okay. Can you please tell listeners what Take My Hand is about? So Take My Hand is inspired by the true story of the Ralph sisters. Um, They were two little girls who were sterilized without their family's permission at age 12 and 14 years old in 1973. My book um, takes the perspective of one of the nurses who worked at the clinic who was involved with the girls. Um, They were her patients. Her name is Sybil Townsend in my book. And she quickly learns that the work that she's doing, she's trying to do good for her community, is very, very complicated and at times tragically harmful. Well, I have to say, I listened to the first few chapters of this book um, before taking over and reading. Um, And the accents and the, like, I felt like I was in this community, in this time, like the voice was so amazing. Um, It was like kind of watching a movie kind of feeling to it. I don't know. Just yes, I thought the audiobook narrator, Lauren Daggett, did a fantastic job. She really nailed it. The accent and yep. the inflections. I, I wish I could meet her and thank her. She did a <laughs> fantastic job. And I'm hearing a lot of good feedback about the audiobook. Especially when the two girls come in or when she's saying, what you girls are so young, what are we doing? And, um, you know, 11 or 12, you know, it's just, it's hard to believe all this stuff goes down and and how it sort of slowly played out. Yes. In real life, the Ralph sisters were 12 and 14. I made my girls in my book, 11 and 13, slightly younger Mm -hmm. because I wanted to emphasize how vulnerable they were and that they were just children, you know, 12 and 14 are children too but I really wanted to further emphasize how young they were. And also in real life, the Ralph sisters' mother was alive and well. In my book, the Williams sisters' mother is deceased because I, again, wanted to emphasize their vulnerability, that they didn't have a mother around as an extra layer of protection. Wow. Um, So where did you, did you always know this true story? Did you uncover it at some point? Did you know you wanted to write about it? Like how did this come about and become a novel for you? I knew a little bit about it because my dad graduated from Tuskegee in the late 1960s. I knew more about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, which he told me about, but I didn't know a lot about this case, but I'd always felt this connection to Alabama because of his time spent there. Um, About seven years ago, I began to delve a little bit into it. Um, I began to think, what really happened with those girls that I'd heard about in in Alabama? And it's all over the internet, of course. So I just started to do some internet searching. And as I learned more, I realized that this was major national news. This was in every major newspaper. This was in news magazines. Um, it It was a major story at the time, but yet we're not taught about it in school. Um, many people, don't know anything about the Ralph sisters, any even people who live in are from Alabama. And I just began to feel the sense of urgency that I needed to let people know what happened 
and to make sure that something like this never happens again. Of course, it's incredibly timely that your book is coming out now with all of the family planning stuff up in the air again with Roe v. Wade and all of that. Um, How do you feel about sort of the confluence of these events? Well, I I tell people I started this book seven years ago. I didn't plan this. No, of course not. I wasn't insinuating that. Yeah. Oh no, I know you weren't. But who could have known? (laughs) People have been asking me this question, and I and I say that to say I don't have any really uh, ready answers to to comment on what's going on right now, other than to say that I hope that this book. Um, adds to that conversation in some way. I think we're about to have some very, very painful conversations in this country. I was just listening to a podcast in my car on the underground abortion movement that's evolving, and it was just frightening to listen to, to be honest with you. Um, And so I just hope that this book will add to that conversation by reminding us who will be the most affected by this ruling, poor women, women of color, disabled women. Um, and, uh, and I tried in the book to make sure um, that there was a connection drawn between what happened to those girls and what was happening in the larger reproductive rights conversation. Well, I think all conversations related to this topic now are super important, right? And, and exposing all of this and the repercussions and anyway, not to get political, but um, it needs to be discussed and, you know, not buried. Um, So you started, your first novel came out in 2010, right? Wench? Yeah. So tell me about getting started as a novelist and then what it's been like to continue producing consistently and working on books for the last, what, 12 years. Um, Yeah. Like, what did you always want to be a writer? Like, how did the, where did this all come from? Well, I was always a reader, and mm-hmm. I'm still a reader. You know, that's my passion is curling up with a book. Um, but I didn't know any writers growing up. I didn't even know that it was a possibility. I'd never met a living writer, um, and uh, and I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I knew I was a strong reader and sort of just writer, like generally speaking, but I had never fathomed that it could be a career, you know, that something that that I could actually make living at. Um, When I got to college, I published my first short story in a little romance magazine. And I thought, wow, that felt really good. And I was paid for that short story. I think I was paid $130 or something. And that was a lot to me. My my first article I wrote when I was 14, it was published in 1990. Six or something when I was 16. Anyway, I got paid $150 and I, I was like, this is insane. I, I couldn't believe it. It was like I'd won the lottery. Exactly I couldn't believe that I could feeling. get paid for my words, which just like came out of my head anyway. That's you know, right. It was amazing. It was. That was exactly the same. And this was when I got published, this was like 96, 97. Yeah, same time. Right yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was the same as you. I was like, I would have done that for free and they gave yeah. me money. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like that. I still feel like that. I still feel like I would do this for free. Now I am doing this a lot of time for free, by the way. Like, true. <laughs> true. And so, even yeah. when you are paid, right, if you were to work out the hourly wage, it would not yeah. be so good. Yeah. But, but anyway. Yes. I will say that um, I began to see it as a career in my early twenties. And that was, and, and actually I wrote like three unpublished 
manuscripts that were never published before I started Lynch, which was the one that became published. So it took me about 10 years of just grinding and learning and reading and figuring out how to put a book together before I was able to, you know, um, get a publishing contract. And then what was it like? Um, well, tell listeners a little bit more about Wench and then um, and what it was like for you when that book came out and how it hadn't contrast that to now. Well, I had the good fortune of working with a dream editor at that time. And I have actually had that experience throughout my career. I am, have worked with amazing editors. My current editor, Amanda Bergeron, is fantastic, brilliant, and so supportive. I love her. But I also had the privilege of working with Don Davis, who was my first editor. And uh, and my first book hit. It um sold uh, something like, um, it sold tens of thousands in, in hardcover. Amazing. And, uh, and we had a very modest marketing budget. We had, I had a very modest advance, but, um, it, it, um, came out at the beginning of the social media, um, moment. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to capitalize on some of those early social media word of mouth type of, um, energies. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was great to actually have people reading my work. That was really my dream is that I would write something and that people would read it. I think one of the reasons that Winch caught on is because it was this excavated piece of history, much like Take My Hand, about this resort where slave owners um, vacationed with their enslaved mistresses. And it was a place that actually existed. And uh, I became very curious about it when I discovered it while reading a biography of W.E.B. Du Bois. That resort eventually went on to become the first Black college in the country, the first HBCU, Wilberforce University. And those early students were the sons and daughters of these uh, enslavers and their enslaved women. So I, I was fascinated by that. And I began to think, you know, this might be actually a novel. I worried that my skills, because writing a book is so difficult, and I worried for a long time that my skills were not up to the tasks. And I still worry about that, frankly, <laughs> of, of capturing what I thought was really, really important history. But I just plowed forward, and I ended up with a great editor. I ended up with a great publishing house. And the rest was history. I've had a lot of good fortune in my, once the ball started rolling in my career, it took a long time for that ball to start rolling. But once it started rolling, I have been very, very fortunate. That's amazing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <clears throat> and what, uh, are you already working on your next fic? I am, and I'm under contract for another book, but it, right now it's a bunch of pages that make no sense. Great. <laughs> <laughs> just I have I, people say are you working do you have a manuscript I'm like I have pages I wouldn't call it a manuscript <laughs> um I would argue a lot of authors would feel that the drafts of their novels could be described the same way <laughs> yeah it's a lot of messy pages <laughs> well speaking of the process and the messiness of it um tell me a little more about the way that you write and um sounds like not with outlines perhaps judging from that last statement, but I don't know. So tell, I do, me, I do. do. Okay. Outlines. Right, so and that's because, you know, before I published my first book, I, pub- I had three unpublished manuscripts and one of them was a 400 page monstrosity that I had not outlined. And when I got 400 pages into the manuscript, I realized it wasn't working and I needed to start over and mm-hmm. I did not have the ability to start over. And so that was when I moved on to something else. And so I learned my lesson that I am, I do need an outline. I, and, and it's a, it's not a, uh, you know, a detailed sort of thing. It's just a rough sketch of scenes I need to write and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a, just a rough idea of where the book is going. But even so, as you're writing, things take different turns. And I probably should spend more time on outlining because my outline gets rewritten several times. And I mean, when I say rewritten, I mean overhauled. Um, but the very first thing I try to do after it, so I'll start with my research. Like I'll start with like, you know, thinking about what, you know, I want my book to be about. And I get ideas. Like I went to um, the National Gallery of Art uh, with my niece this weekend in DC, which is where I live. And I've had this idea ruminating about my next book. And I saw a piece of art there that was very much what I think my next book should be about. Not the one I'm working on now, but the next one. And I thought, oh, this is a sign the exact fact that I see this art and this is exactly what I've been thinking about. So it takes me a long time to kind of settle into what I'm going to write about. And so for, for the next book, it's just percolating. But when I saw that art over the weekend, it's, you know, just adds to it. So I start with, re- once I settle on my idea, I start researching, which involves a lot of like newspapers, um, looking at maps, uh, reading, you know, uh, other people, other, you know, scholarly books to learn about the period. Um, I listen to songs if there's, there's music of the period. And then I start to outline. And usually when I outline, I take a weekend away. Like I'll either go to a hotel room. I need like three days of complete uh, you know, uh, isolation from my family. Cause I have two kids. And so usually, you know, and my family has learned like, that's my outlining weekend that I need at the beginning of every project. And so usually it's like three days of being in a hotel and ordering room service and just thinking it through, mm-hmm. you know, I have to do a lot of thinking through. And then after I have that outline, I feel a lot better. I come back into my world. And then typically I have tried to write in the morning, but with virtual schooling and then with the sort of upheaval of COVID, I have learned to be more flexible. Mm-hmm. 
before COVID, I didn't, I, I didn't write to music. I was always a silenced person, but now I've learned to write with music and with interruption. And then the other thing that happened was I don't have these big blocks of time anymore. So now I just write in like 30 minute blocks here and there throughout the day. So I'll say, okay, I've got 30 minutes before, you know, the cable guy arrives and I'll just like go turn on my timer and write for 30 minutes. And at the end of the 30 minutes, the doorbell rings. Wow. That's awesome. That's how I feel about reading. I feel like that's why, like, I have all this found time, Mm -hmm. like all these moments. Pockets. Pockets. So much time wasted on our phones. I know this is like- true. Beating a dead horse, but it's true. Like, honestly, the times that, those are the times when you pull out your phone, pull something else out. Like have the purse, have the book in your bag and like- And we've also convinced ourselves that being on phone is work because we're doing our social media and we're doing our promoting and all stuff. And sometimes it is work, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's a, it's a fine line. Um, and so easily distracted from one app to another. And I'm always like, wait, what did I, why did I even pick this up? Why, what am I even doing on here? But anyway, um, it's much easier to have an actual book. You know what you're doing with it. You just open it up and read it, you know? Speaking of books, you said you love to read. What are you reading now? Or what are some of the books you've read lately? Oh, I'll show you what I, so I was just, um, at a book event, with Chris Bojalian. Oh, I love him. Love I him. love his new book, The Lioness. And uh, I think he's a wonderful writer. He's a good friend to me. Um, this weekend I brought, I have not read this yet. It has been on my to-do list. I bought it when it came oh, out. Oh, that's good. Yep. I read First them. week it came out in hardcover. I bought it and I never read it. Oh so the final revival of Opal and Nev. I won't tell anyone. Walton is up for this weekend. Amazing. Um, well, I have podcasts with both of them. If you want to do your, some background research before you dive in. <laughs> I always, I like to listen after I read. Yeah. No, I don't want yeah. I would, cause after I read, I'm obsessed and I want to find out everything I can about the people. Totally. So, I, uh, I know there was one author. And I stalk was... them online after I've read. <laughs> I have been known to email, like I can get emails and find emails. I've been known to email writers at 2 a.m. after I finish their book and then like, and I've made friends that way, just writing them and saying like, I, I'm, it's 3 a.m. in the morning and I, I just finished your book. That was amazing. How did you do that? You know? And, uh, and so I know when people write me and say that I always appreciate it because I know that feeling well. Yes. I do that sometimes too. Not that often, but sometimes I'm like, I need to, I need to tell this author yeah. right now that I just finished it. And right. like, we, it's like, we went through it together. It you know? is. Like, yeah. It is. And you so have, I, right? You have, yeah. You have. They just, they just don't know it. <laughs> they don't know it, but they knew when they published it, that they were building a community around that story. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I love to write writers who move me. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been so nice. Um, I love the room service outlining method. I think that, um, actually it would be really neat to, um, like partner with different hotels and do outlining weekends, like with groups, writing retreats. Oh, you have. Okay. Well, nobody's ever done it. Nobody's ever done it, but there's so many ways I feel. And I know some bed and breakfast. There was one I had heard about in New Jersey that was doing writers weekends. Yep. But there's still a need for that. Yeah. Because when I'm in a, when I'm in a hotel, like nobody in there is writing, but me, and it just feels weird, but it's nice to have a community of everybody. And then when you take your break, you can come out and have your coffee yeah. together yep. and then you go back into your cave. Or maybe there's a speaker or something. Yep. 
We yeah. need that. There's a still let's a do lot it. And we there's still it. needs also for parents, mm-hmm. right? For writing retreats with childcare. Mm. There's still that need. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would not get anything done, but yes. Um, it would be know. hard, but if your kids were occupied all day, think about I it. I, yeah, that would be amazing. I know. If they, they literally kind of summer camp, if they could, if they know there is an access point to me, though, even in like the most giant, they will find it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I need to be in another state to know that. That's I'm true. Like, but, I understand. Um, I understand. Yeah. Well, if you want to plan it together, I'm. I, I, know, I right? love planning events. I'm going to, I'm going to look into it. And uh, I almost did a retreat. Moms don't have time to retreat um, with like 40 authors during COVID. And of course it all came crashing down. And now I'm so burned from that, that I'm hesitant to schedule something else. But I feel like a writing retreat would be so easy because all you'd really have to do is just like fill up like a Hampton Inn with a bunch of writers and like go down for the free buffet every morning. And like, do you know what I mean? And you know, I would think there's a lot of bed and breakfast that would be open to that. Yeah. But that's only like six, like they're small. I'm they thinking like, small. I'm thinking I want to get like a hundred authors together or something. Wow. Like a big thing. Like we all, like everybody goes, you know, there you go. Yeah. I think I like that idea, especially if you can get good rates and the, and the, and you know, because the big thing is your meals. Yeah. But if you do like a hotel take, I mean, the meals don't have to be that great. If you have amazing company, where are you located? I'm in New York. There is a place, look it up. It's called, it's in Virginia. Okay. And it's called Airly. A-I, let me see if I got the spelling right. I think it's A-I-R-L-I-E. Yeah. Airly.com. A-I-R-L-E-E. L-I-E. L-I-E. Okay. And it's a retreat type place. It's owned by American University. That's why I know. And maybe we can get it. uh, But the hotel rooms are gorgeous and they've got like different little cat you know, um, not cottages, but different little buildings around the property that have rooms, but they're all updated and pretty and gorgeous. And all the meals are included. I'm and you gonna go up. I'm gonna look at nature this later walks. Today. Amazing. It's horse country. People could do, you know, there's activities, there's yeah. archery. You know, it's one of those, it's a retreat type place. And it would be perfect for something like that. It's oh. about an hour outside of DC. Okay. So I think that could be really cool. I was going to do my event at the Ocean House in Rhode Island, which is like right on the ocean, and it was going to be gorgeous. Ooh, I know. Where I know. is that in? Uh, That's in Rhode Island. Where um, in Rhode Island? In, in Watchill, and they did give us great rates because the owner is an author herself. Um, but is all that right, Rosalie I'm, O'Brien? No. Oh, uh, that's no. a big place. Yeah, Deborah Goodrich Royce. That's beautiful. Yeah, I had sold it out. I had sold out the whole retreat and and another neighboring hotel that they owned. Um, now there's another one that my old college roommate has in Rhode Island. It's also on the water. Rosalie O'Brien's place. Let me see what the name of her place is. Ooh, sure, I forget her married name now. Well, I think this would be fun. Even like a cozy winter weekend. Like maybe and we she's do- got a lot of rooms and it's right on the water and it's gorgeous. I don't know. I, I want to do it again. People have been asking me to do another retreat, but this sounds much easier than organizing panels all the time, which is basically like a festival. Yeah. So. But I love the idea of a place that has some charm rather than like a Hampton. Yeah, Inn. you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, like I know you're right. You're right. Like where we yes. all feel like we're yes, in a destination. World. Yeah. No, yeah. You're right. like, I yes. want to get away from this world. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Okay. I think we should keep talking about it. Make it it happen. Let's talk. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not (laughs) kidding. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Zibius. Okay. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.